1: What is your product you're trying to sell or offer? What's your cause? And then for nonprofits, don't just go and ask, give me money, give me money. It's kind of, here's what we're doing. Fall in love with what we're doing.
0: Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out LA startup Refill Fuel and enter code Tech for $10 off. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. So excited, you guys. I'm about to be going on a cross-country road trip interviewing women in tech, which is absolutely so cool. We're celebrating them state to state. But before I leave on this epic journey powered by Kia, thank you, Kia, for being so supportive of the women in tech community. I get the amazing opportunity to get to know Steve an awesome LA tech company here servicing people in design and development work, full creative, so cool. He created a community profile. If you guys haven't gone to the We Are LA Tech community profile page, make sure to do that because the whole idea behind the community page is to have a way to celebrate you guys. We want to make sure that everyone gets to know that you exist here in this Los Angeles tech ecosystem. So just go to techcom slash community to create that profile. But now let's get started on this epic conversation with Steve. Ready? I'm ready. All right, Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Tell them who you are and like what do you do.
1: Sure, uh, I'm Steve Tezio. I'm the co-founder, CEO, kind of creative director, everything of a experiential marketing agency called Friendly Vengeance. We've been around for about three years, and really our goal is to help connect consumers, audiences with brands and causes on an emotional level, um, using things such as you know new technologies, um, just kind of like more quirky interactions and things like that. Yeah. And the live space is what we're really trying to focus on.
0: I love that word experiential. Like it means, especially the whole, we are like, like a ethos has to do with having life experiences and experiential and the kind of like connectivity we have with one another. What does the word experiential mean to you?
1: Yeah. So in terms of marketing uh, and you know, all of ours is driven by some sort of technologically, you know, either a touchscreen, a tablet or uh, more of like a physical space, interactive uh Activation, but everything we try to do is a way to um, create these small, like event based things where people can actually have some sort of personal experience with a brand or, or a cause instead of here's an advertisement for you to look at passively. Right. So I always tell people advertising, uh, the traditional sense of marketing and advertising is kind of here's spot here's an advertisement now buy my product right and the new one and it's a story they're kind of selling you but now the new is like we're making a story and you're part of the story and we want you right. to be a part of this moment totally. with us and so instead of you know say instead of casper's uh masters is throwing a bunch of uh flyers out at an event right at south by southwest they made sleep pods for people to take naps in and you could schedule naps for yeah. them so you're getting a whole different like take on there or like you know coca-cola or totally. twitter will open a house at an event like that. 100%. And and they'll just have a whole bunch of fun things to do. And you're more likely to tell that story to all your friends with enthusiasm instead of like, oh, I got a coupon from so-and-so or I got a flyer from so-and-so.
0: And so so you help brands be able to tell that story.
1: Yeah. And so uh, background that our agency came from was a larger experience agency that did a lot of trade show uh, and exhibit development. Um, We just didn't really like the brands that we were doing it for. Um, so we, after about five years of, uh, fatigue, um, we decided to shift gears and focus on brands that were socially progressive, um, had their visions in line with our own. And so, you know, new company, we do everything from websites to mobile apps, but we're trying to get more into like the larger Uh, event space technology and things like that. And where in LA are you based? Our office is downtown. We work out of, it sounds funny to say, we work out of the WeWork (laughs) um, and the gas tower right now. Um, Downtown
0: is a great area and super thriving for the LA tech.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Other spaces there now, like uh, there's the WeWorks are kind of the mainstays, I think, for most people there right now. There's uh, Impact Hub, which is all nonprofit based uh, co-working space. There's probably five or six other ones because there's like a makerspace hub there. Yeah. Um, And there's also just a lot of people who got ahead of the game and bought large offices when they were cheap down there Totally, <laughs> so totally. I was not quite there yet but yeah that's a lot of, you'll see a lot of these huge office spaces people have when they got in there when there was nothing left in LA <laughs>
0: oh wow and you guys Steve is the cool first of all Steve had to wait about forever for it to be on this interview because I've been preparing as I told you guys for the women in tech road trip so I already like Steve because he didn't give me a hard time and I felt awful that he had to wait he was early like who in LA is ever early so not only was he early he was patient I'm telling you this guy he's a professional so what la tech company or talent have you come across lately that that you've been really awed by
1: yeah um so i have a friend named uh fred who runs a company called splice media uh they were when i met them i worked with fred on plenty of video shoots and things like that they were a production house um they've really gotten heavy into the vr world Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they're doing a lot of like more just kind of he got in really early, so he's one of those guys who is kind of, you know, um, Adobe and all the companies that have make all the software behind right. it that really back him. Um, and he's been doing a lot of really cool shoots. Some of the first films that were released, uh, he's been on, like, at the helm for, so it's been really cool to see him grow with that. And we've done a couple things. We actually shot uh, VR kitten footage at uh, NKLA, and we uh, are going to send some of that not only for NKLA to use as promotional material, but we also are sending it to a children's hospital in Michigan to uh, show to some of the kids there. So they try to, like, give them content to look at and kind of just give them this escapist moment. You know, they're kind of... um, confined to a building so let's get them something like they can't have cats in the in a hospital so let's bring them five minutes of kitten footage playing around and things like that so we always looked for a way to take that technology and do something that's good with it you know something that'll make us feel good make someone else feel good and generate a positive response
0: well and you guys will include spice in the show notes as well now you created vengeance how many years ago was that
1: uh so friendly vengeance
0: Friendly Vengeance, sorry, (laughs) Friendly Vengeance. uh,
1: I created the name about a decade ago when I was like first out in LA and I worked in commercials and VFX. Um, And I wanted to, um, I really wanted to move into this kind of, maybe I could be a creative someday in the commercial world. I was really into marketing because I was working in commercials and I was doodling and I made this really bad looking logo. uh, And then for some reason, like the name came to me first. I was looking, oh, it could be, it looks like two like, uh, spies connected like because right. our, our logos is essentially like a conjoined twin that's right. fighting with himself um so it was looked like two spies so I was like oh maybe double agent and then i started looking and there already was a double agent and so friendly vengeance came to me and then i shelved it for like five years um <laughs> and then
0: as we all do with uh, most I, domains yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so
1: i had the domain and then i got into um got into the tech world uh right when i got into kind of this trade show tech the like kind of iPhone was just blowing up with apps and things like that where everybody was getting a hold of technology everywhere. Um, So then I started seeing a much bigger potential for my creativity to thrive, uh, for me to touch more people instead of hoping someday I'll be in the film industry as like a writer. And I was like, well, this is kind of this is where I can be creative and reach more people and an immediate impact could be made. So. I worked with this company for five years and um, Dave and Amy, my co-founders, were at the same company with me. I actually interviewed Amy and I think Dave was on my first ever project. Um, So we worked together. Dave was one of the heads of development there. Amy was an art director there. I was a creative director eventually there. So it's kind of like the three of us can make a project. Right. And so after I said the fatigue set in of not you know doing work for clients, you just didn't believe in. um, Got them aside and kind of said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. If you guys want to help me with it in any way, and they both yeah. were on board to join me as full partners, so um, we founded the company legally in 2013. We did a little incognito work, you know, for the first few months while we were right. still holding on to full-time jobs. And April of 2014 was when we became like a full-time job. Right. And so since then, we've had um, at least one major client to help us, you know, stay afloat while we we find our bearings and really hone our vision over the last couple of years.
0: And how how did you go about finding that? you know, that first client that was able to sustain a full business.
1: Yeah. So, um, a lot of it is who, you know, Um, (laughs) and so a friend of ours just happened to be at dinner with a friend of ours and he was working with this client and he was doing project management with them. Um, and he basically was saying, you know, just finding out that we're going to maybe start our own business. We're kind of starting our own business. And, you know, we worked with him. He actually worked with us at the former agency. Um, and so he was kind of like, well, you might have some small work with this client. I might be right. able to get just like some branding work with them and some marketing stuff. So like, yeah. cool, you know. So we met with the owners of the company, um, and they really took a liking to us. And they're like, "Sure, we want the marketing stuff, but we also have this enterprise software that has to right. get totally redesigned and redone." And they're like, "It's a software that's been around for 15 years for them, and like we need it to be refreshed and redone entirely." Right. And so that's a massive multi-year project of developing enterprise software. So. That put us in like, you know, we're still working full time for them as well as other clients at this right, point. Right. And so it's kind of like this awesome like thing of like, this is enough work to at least guarantee us a year. That's so amazing. are we going to take the the dive and just say, if one year everything goes belly up, we can figure it out. Yeah. So let's just take the risk and do it. And so, yeah, they're like still one of our, they're still our biggest clients, still our one of, you know, one of our favorite clients to work with. They're great. That's and incredible. it's just been like, yeah, it's been an awesome ride with them the whole time.
0: That's incredible. And, and you're really, um, interested in staying connected, obviously being, you know, on the We Are LA Tech podcast to the LA Tech community, where does agency life and LA Tech kind Mm -hmm. of merge? And how did you even become, come into the We Are LA Tech world in the first place?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, LA is an agency city, you know, as much as New York and as much as London and things like that. So LA has always been a huge agency city. And I started finding that a lot of the agencies out here say they do digital but they outsource the digital. Um, And so most of them, most big agencies still outsource to someone else. And so it's kind of one of those things where we would rather not do that as a model. And also we found like we can work also with other agencies that don't have this department. Right. Right. They have a lot of digital departments. Like you'll have someone who knows how to make a website. Yeah. But a lot of them can't develop anything beyond that. And so, It fits really well that we're kind of this agency slash, you know, tech development house because we do experimental stuff on the side. And um, it kind of fits really well that we can both play nice with other agencies because I do see the model changing to where instead of one huge agency doing everything, everyone has a specialty and they focus on what they're good at. And, you know, I'm going to focus on uh, creating this experience and then you can focus on the the messaging and the story if you want and we'll come together and make a more powerful product than... One agency calls all the shots and has a bunch of small houses trying to do it.
0: And one thing I want to, and just before I even ask my next question, Mm -hmm. how can people continue to cyberstalk you online? Where can they go?
1: Uh, I think I'm the only Steve Tizio in the world. (laughs) So on all formats, I'm under that. It's S-T-E-V-E and it's T-I-S-E-O and, so, uh, and your very website. Italian last name <laughs> with, the, with just the white first name. <laughs> and, so, and your website? The website is FriendlyVengeance.com. So awesome. it's V-E-N-G-E-A-N-C-E. It's a tough one for email sometimes. <laughs> People mess it up the first time.
0: What uh, what tips can you give us listening to create, like to think experiential? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, we have a brand. A lot of us are startups. And we're trying to figure yeah. out, like, how do we make our brand more emotionally connective? Um, what are some of the thought processes you'd suggest we think about in developing a better strategy for growing our brand?
1: Right. So I think a lot of it is audience. And it seems like most brands want to target millennials. Right. And so um, there's this whole thing about millennials. You know, a lot of people say, well, they have this horrible attention span, and which may or may not be true. But their their consumption is based on short snippets. So. Regular TV commercials, especially now with DVRs and people who stream, yeah. don't really cut it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I love TV commercials. I still do. I'm the guy who was like, oh, I love when I see a new spot. I'm like fall <laughs> in love with it. And so, because I worked in that for a while yeah. and I have a lot of respect for that. I'm like the last age of millennials possible. So, <laughs> um, so you know, I, get, I have like a respect for that, but I understand also that people, they want to be like engaged differently. Right. Um, so I think the most important thing you can do is build a community around your band, brand. Brand. Of people who believe in it, right? And so people will be loyal once you give them some reason to be loyal, right? And they're going to be champions. And right. so for me, I'm like Airbnb. I will I champion them everywhere I go, yeah, because I've always had great experiences with them. Yeah, uh, Zappos is another one. Yeah. And so there's certain brands that just stick to me. So totally. I think your main thing is what is your product you're trying to sell or offer? Uh, what's your cause? And then. You know, if we're nonprofits, don't just go and ask, give me money, give me money. It's kind of here's what we're doing. Fall in love with what we're doing, right? And then eventually you'll come around and donate to us, and you'll also champion us to other people,
0: hundred percent. And
1: so that's like my thing is, I hate when I if we're on the nonprofit side, yeah. I support a lot of nonprofits, and I'll see a lot of their like street right. teams outside at Trader Joe's. Yeah. And I I can never stop. I always, like, I tell them, I I donate. I already donate. I'm not going to... I am walking home. You're kind of, like intruding on my yeah. day now <laughs> Yeah. and so I was like there's got to be a better way to get people to like this brand than just have people with clipboards coming at them and I understand why they do it it's cheap it's yeah. a way to get signatures and get potentially donations but I'm just like there's got to be a better way to involve people and so
0: but, but what's what's like a, an action step you can mm-hmm. give us we could we could get off this sure. episode and we could what's three things that we could do to think about how to grow our brand in an experiential way
1: right so I uh, like I said first identify um What kind of community are you looking to build? Um, Because that'll help you target where you want to give people an experience. So experiential in the big sense is usually at an event where you would have like anything from a booth to you know a house you rent out or something like that. Um, I know in startup world that's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's kind of one of those things of seek out um, what is a way that I can not beat someone over the head with my brand, but say sell my general concept in a. Inclusive atmosphere, right, right, and and that's where agencies come in, and also agencies can say like we can help you. You know, um, there's a product there's a product out there called like uh, I think it's just called Ugly Brand, and they make they make like uh, (laughs) ugly things. (laughs) No, they make sodas that are just not um, they're like no sugars or anything like that. But it's called Ugly Brand. Uh, I think they're UK based, and I just started checking them out, and I'm like they'd be perfect to have like a House of Ugly thing where you have like a really like kind of maybe it looks kind of like janky like right. a booth or like a, like a, you know like some sort of tent at an event right. that just looks kind of like gross and broken down but then you're, you have your drinks inside yeah. of it i think that'd be a great way to, to sell that product and so include your product uh if it's like a consumable yeah include it in some sort of party atmosphere that's the easy way to do that right you know so even like there's there are brands like you know like something like a monster energy drink yeah. where there's everywhere and they know who their audience is yeah. and they're just kind of they're kind of Ubiquitous to their their place.
0: It was crazy when I went to South by Southwest. Um, sour Patch Kids had a Sour Patch House, and it was so cool. And they had all these musicians at the sa- at the Patch House. Uh, I, I think it was last year, or maybe it was two years ago. I don't I know, I've don't been that. to so many South bys, know. but I'm they a had Sour the, Patch Kid junkie, uh, so it would have been bad if I went. It there. was like it was really really cool. But it's about creating the whole experience. They mm-hmm. had the Patch Rooms, and you know, it was just it was great. It was right. great. It was for South by music. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this year, I'm trying to think of one of the really good ones at South by. I mean. Um, one of the best experiential things at yeah. South by this year was, did you see, I don't know if you went this year, this past year, yeah. but the wow factory that opened up, it was a, they have a big barn across, uh, by the convention center yeah and this Sony wow factory. And it was just like fully immersive projection mapping everywhere. Oh, that's cool. I didn't see that. And they had just all these cool games and stuff. People could play like everything from wall climbing to like DJ booth oh, type crazy. things you could do. It was, everything was beautiful the way they did that's it. That's
0: crazy. So. I go to South by every year because we host the official South by Southwest podcasters meetup in okay. Austin. So. Yeah, but I didn't see that. Um, Yeah, so I actually
1: now, I go to South by and I pick like two sessions a day that I really want to go to instead of like trying to run to all of them. And then I just take in the experiences.
0: I barely go to any sessions. Like
1: Samsung used to, yeah, weren't there this year, which was surprising, but Samsung usually does a pretty awesome experience at their house at South by every year. Samsung is amazing for
0: digital One of
1: the best things, the reason I still use a Samsung phone was um, I had like the Galaxy 3 or something like that way back, my first ever South by. And also, the reason I got on Twitter. Um, they had a thing where those were phones where you could remove the battery. So, if you were to t- uh, tweet to Samsung uh, US, whatever their handle yeah. was, and hashtag power on, they would direct message you, find wherever you were in Austin, and a bike messenger would bring you a new battery.
0: Oh, crazy. And you
1: could do it as many times as you want all day. So and so cool. you, when you're in line at an event like that and your yeah. battery's dying constantly, yeah. you're just like, you know, that's, that's the best way to it's get, awesome. you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to keep texting this car, or tweeting this company. And they're going to yeah. keep bringing me a new battery.
0: Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, Steve, what's one ask you have of the community, something they could do to support you in your success to help accelerate your growth.
1: Sure. Um, I would say, uh, follow friendly vengeance uh, on all of our social media. So yeah. we are at FV social on Instagram, um, and on Twitter which we're admittedly not as active as we should be. We're getting there. Um, and we're just uh, facebook.com slash friendly vengeance. Uh, follow us on those um, and just reach out. We like to meet. How everyone. many people are I mean. on your team? So we're three uh, founders. And then we our contractor base goes anywhere from zero to 10, depending yeah. on project, yeah. project size at this point. Very cool. Uh, and we have like one part-time marketing help. Um, so we're always looking, you know, this is the year where our project load has grown and we're hoping yeah. that the work staff grows in the next year or two is like, you know, we have to start putting on more staff people and things like that. Oh,
0: the one thing I forgot to add. So sure. how did you discover we are LA tech?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to, I'm not going to know the exact route I yeah. got in. I've yeah. got directed to the website and yeah. it's probably through some of the women in tech, people because I've met a whole lot of them through like the founders organization and all these other yeah. founders groups I'm a part of. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you know Cam Kashani's everything. Right. Yeah. So like Cam and I had chatted at a few events, like at these like Cam's founders Cam's amazing. Things, awesome. Cam,
0: Cam co-founded what was a really significant co-working space in Los right. Angeles called Coloft. And she really planted the seeds that literally led to Los Angeles becoming the top three tech city in the world. Right. It, it was Cam, it was a human Cam Kashani who yeah contributed to this happening. Yeah,
1: and she's just someone who uh, I... You know, just run into her at random events. Yeah. We always just joke around, and I think I think our whole like friendship started with like a really inappropriate joke at, yeah. a, at a bar her one time. We all, like, hanging out, and yeah. I was like, oh, you're cool. I like you." So um, I'm probably through her in some w- yeah, roundabout yeah. way. I yeah. saw someone else posting like, "Oh, there's a cool site," and then yeah. I decided to submit a community profile and check it out. And I know I, it's weird because and aren't
0: you glad you did? I, I, totally. We right. dabble
1: in tech, but we're like not the exact same thing as the We Are L E tech scene yeah. on an everyday yeah. basis. We're not like making one app or one right, thing. Right. So, So I always thought it's kind of funny. Like, Well, I'm kind of an agency that's pitching our services that can help. So in the LA tech scene, we have worked with startups. We've helped uh, because some startups don't actually have the actual tech capacity. They have a great idea. And we've helped a lot of startups like just brainstorm their idea a little better. We can do some of the design on it. We can do some of the development on it. And we can always help out in a little bit of a way like that. And so we've done that with a couple startups. And, you know, if you guys, you know, if they need a brand or something like that, we can always do like a little bit of at least you know mentoring behind it Um, it comes down to a thing I know budgets are always tight in the startup world so a lot of times it's more of We'll talk to you through this, and but we'll give you a. If you're really strapped on a budget, we'll give you a better option for right, right. now, and come right. back when you have a budget for the larger. And it's marketing. cool. I think
0: the 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 whole like ecosystem here in Los Angeles is about, and that's what we're really tech about is about. It's about uniting all of us together because we need you, you need that. We all need one another in a very collaborative way in order to accelerate together. And if and if we try to just do everything in a singular way on our own and very isolating, it just it, it puts a cap on your growth potential. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think here it's like you're saying, it's very collaborative. It's people root for each other here, yeah. which I've never been a part of the Silicon Valley scene, but it seems the opposite there from what I, most people talk is like, not that it's not competitive here, right. but people cheer on like their fellow agencies and their fellow right. tech people. And they're kind of all, you said we're a big group of, right. of fans of one another and everyone totally. tries to help. Totally. And so I think that's kind of the way, We like to really work like most of our clients become in some way, you know, not maybe our best friends, but they in some way interact with us and become, you know, friendly with us in some way. And it's like, that's kind of the way we want to do it. We don't want to be like, we're going to do this work for you just because you're paying us and never talk to you outside of that. Usually it's us supporting them with their projects that will you know a lot of times we befriend them on like social media and we'll you know shoot them messages and stuff 100%. like that
0: thank you so much sure for making thing. thanks time for having with me. The we are LA tech podcast you guys if you want to connect with more incredible people in the la tech community go to we are latech.com slash vip that's we are latech.com slash vip we have a private chat where everybody's looking to support one another if you want to have more experiences where we get to social share you with the community so they can know more about who you are go to we are tech.com slash community. And don't forget, I finally created that shop for you so you could get your very own WeRLA Tech shirt. I know everybody's been tweeting me like, where can I get a WeRLA Tech shirt? Where can I get a WeRLA Tech shirt? And you used to have to like, da, 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 da. it doesn't even matter. It just was like confusing. Finally built the shop. It's there. tech.com slash shop. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye.